0: Welcome to episode 53 of the Rescue Summer Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Wright, with my co-host, Vince, and our special guest today, who is currently in the Annex X program, Jesse Andrini. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks. I appreciate it. It's too cool to be on there yeah. for real. For sure. So let's just get it started, I guess. So where are you currently stationed right now? Uh, I'm in Kodiak. Um, right on. I'm on base here. Yeah. And there's, I think there, yeah, right now we have eight guys in the Annex. Sweet. Yeah. We'll get all into that. Um, I just wanted to like cover some
0: like baseline just so people get a kind of feel for where you're at. Um, that's a lot,
1: that's a lot of like new airmen in the rescue swimmer shop, huh? I mean, when when I first got here, there was, um, there might've been four or five and then we just got in the last month, three more. So yeah,
0: I did a, I did a workout with like a bunch of the guys in the NXX program in San Diego and there was like at least eight of them there too like just working out and there's more of them in the program. So,
2: well, I think Kodiak's the biggest rescue swimmer shop. I, I want to say in the entire coast guard, how many rescue swimmers are currently serving there?
1: There's 30 to 35 here right now.
2: Wow. That's great. That's, yeah, that's, that's definitely, I think the, the biggest, <laughs> and it's like the most action packed station. Um, yeah. I mean, so that's what
1: cool. I hear, you guys are getting one or two cases a week and I don't even hear about them.
2: That's but pretty
1: yeah, good. That's yeah. That's their consistency.
2: You're talking like the entire shop gets like one or two cases a week.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, just like two weeks ago they they went out and got a, a missing, uh, hunter and then they had to pull someone off a boat and that was just in, you know, throughout seven days. And they say that they say they're doing that stuff all the time. So, I mean, no one even hears about it. So it's pretty wild. Yeah. So that's the spot. If you want to get good SAR for sure. (laughs) They're a sick guy, I'd say. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, from what I learned, it's like wherever you're stationed as a rescue swimmer, you know, you have different cases based off of what what the ocean's doing and what people are doing outdoors. So, and out here yes. it's it's like the wilderness, you know, playground. What's yeah. what's the
2: average sunlight right now in in Alaska is it 2 hours or like 22?
1: <laughs> no, it's like uh so right now sun up is around like 9:30. And then sundown right now is pushing like 5, 5.30. And we're only in, November, you know, mid-November. So it's supposed to just keep getting worse, which is really trippy. Because I've never experienced that, you know, like you typically when you're waking up, you're you're waiting for the sunlight to come through your window or something like that. And your body starts to kind of wake up. But here it's dark for so long. And you look out your window and it's already 9.30 in the morning, but it's still push, pitch black out. It's it kind of messes with your... Sleep cycle a little bit. I'm still getting used to it. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, hell, it's getting dark at like 430 where I'm at. So,
2: all right. Anyway, yeah, enough with right, the let's weather get
0: back to it. Yeah. So the whole reason we're here is basically to talk about the Annex X program. Um, I've had like questions come up from like everyone on Instagram, uh, emails and all that stuff. And also from recruiters, like some recruiters will like message us and be like, Hey, like, what do you do for the PT test as far as like form goes, stuff like that. So hopefully we can cover up a lot of those or cover lot of those questions. Cause you're going to have the most up-to-date info on form and everything. And we can kind of relate that back to them. So
1: before I get into it, um, where are you from? And I guess, what recruiting office did you come through? So uh, I'm from I'm from the Central Coast of California. Um, I went to high school uh, in San Luis Obispo, but I grew up in this small town just south of there called the Royal Grande. And uh, my recruiting office was in Fresno, California, which is like two and a half hours uh, east of here. So um, when you were at... The recruiting office this is the kind of a question that a lot of people have they're
0: joining um i guess we'll just skip over the maps and like ASVAB stuff because it's just kind of a given for everyone um so the pt test with your recruiter did you go through that whole process
1: yeah so it's actually really interesting how i joined the coast Guard. i don't know if you guys want to <laughs> like yeah, get into that i like um i was originally planning on going pj actually and uh, i was training for that and i hurt my knee pretty bad and um i needed surgery or anything like that but I, uh, I ended up like backing off my training cause the surgeon I met with told me it would take about a year for it to heal fully. And during that time I was, I had moved back from Colorado uh, to California back home to train and then I hurt myself. And then I got a job uh, pouring beer at Slow Brew, <laughs> this little small town brewery. And then uh, in the midst of all that kind of coming towards that 12 month healing period, toward the end of that, there was a, a helicopter, I think the guys were on 60s. Um, and they came in because they were trading helicopters. The guys in San Francisco were trading or helicopters with the guys out of LA or San Diego. And the brewery that I work at is right there by the airport. And so all those guys came in and uh, I had heard about AST like a long time ago. Maybe it was the Guardian or something like that. Um, but, uh, I was just pouring and then I, I asked one of the pilots, I was like, Hey, do you guys have any ASTs with you? And he's like, yeah, he's sitting right over there. You want to go ask him some questions or I can have him come up here. You know, they're super chill guys. They're awesome. And uh, I ended up like just sitting at the bar with them and pouring for them and asking them questions. And then, um, kind of sparked my interest in the coast guard after hearing this guy talk about it, you know, he just talked, he's just said it was the best job in the world and loved his lifestyle and the purpose and all that. And so anyway, that's kind of like how I, how I hopped into joining the coast guard. And so I, uh, I wanted a direct route like the air force has to that, um, uh, that job. And from what I had done years ago on AST there, it seemed like you, you had to stay on a cutter for like a year or two and then eventually you would go. And I, I really didn't want to do that. And then I emailed the recruiter in Fresno, um, to see if there might've, you know, things had changed. And that's when I found out about the annex. And so right away I had an interview. I drove over there, had had the inter- initial interview process, told him I wanted to go AST. And then right away he was like, all right, let's, let's." I'll, I'll my recruiter was really chill. He actually drove out to San Luis Obispo and uh, did my PT, my first initial PT test and then an official one, like two months later, so.
2: What's with all these great sounding recruiters out there? Like, why wasn't my experience <laughs> like this? It, you know why? It's because it was Maine, dude. Those those East
1: coasters, they just they just you know they don't take no shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my guy was actually really chill, man. He he was a great recruiter. He uh, he came out. He even worked out with me while I was doing my PT test. He was like, it was an excuse for him to get a workout in as well. He was a, he was he was an in shape dude. He was a ME, me one.
2: <laughs> so for all those listening, that's a maritime. What is it? Mar- maritime enforcement, enforcement
1: officer. Maritime enforcement. Yeah 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 cool pretty bad he's getting after it
2: wait so how old are you if you were serving uh beer uh
1: so at the time i was 27 i'm 28 now
2: i'm old right on and and is the cutoff still for rescue swimmers unless you have a waiver like 30 years old to to go through school is that what it is
1: 30 ish yeah i actually don't know what the waiver is it's 30
0: ish with the waiver yeah it's like around there i know Mm -hmm. like i'm trying to think i know like 29 is like the oldest person I know personally that went through, I think, um, but yeah. yeah. So how about that PT test? Um, let's just run through it real quick. So I know it's like a shortened version of the actual PT test you have to do. Um, what specifically was it?
1: So for mine, I don't know if it's different now, um, cause this was actually prior close to a year ago now, but yeah. uh, the standard for my uh, official PT test was higher than the one I took at boot camp actually. So it was the... Um, he, I think my marks were like 54 push ups 60 plus sit-ups, um, an 1130 run, I think. No, excuse me. I think it might've been 1250 or something like that. And then an 1130, 500 meters swim. And then oh, at least three pull-ups. Okay. Not in that order specifically, but I, off the top of my head, I think that's what they were. Okay. So hold on everyone else. That's like listening in. That's not
2: trying to be a, a coast guard rescue swimmer. Just. Just letting you guys know, we're going to get into like the nitty gritty of what it takes to become a rescue swimmer in the Coast Guard in today's like modern era. So it's going to get like into the details of what it takes and what the actual numbers to achieve that are, uh, you know, aside from all the, the mental and and just the, the challenges that are going to come aside from the numbers. Um, but that said, like, so what
1: are the current numbers that are required? So required, I think it's 40 plus plus. 40 push ups, 60 sit ups, um, at least three dead hang pull ups with your chin over the bar. Um, I think it's an 1130 swim, 500. And then what else am I missing? <laughs> the underwaters? Is there underwaters? I don't, you didn't do You did those for the PT test for the recruiter? uh No, I did not do underwaters actually um yeah i didn't i didn't do my underwater still uh friday of week one at basic okay it'll get into that one too yeah
0: so the it seems like from what i've been hearing like there is like the PT test is kind of like randomly administered with their crews based on like what they know um and it sounds like i i even there might be like an even shortened version of that right now because i think they even like having people only do push-ups pull-ups and like the run right now or something like that um but I can double check
1: that for my swim. Uh, all I had to do is have someone there to sign off on my official time. And re- like I had, so I had a picture, I sent him a picture of my official 500 meter sw- uh, swim time. And then, um, I had to print out a piece of paper and have my buddy, uh, sign off on it. So, okay. Yeah. So it's somewhat relaxed as long as you're like pretty close. If you're hitting the
0: standards, you're pretty much good to go. And you know, you can have, Um, and then I kind of wanted to, well, I'll skip that for now. I was going to get into form, but we can talk about that later. So, um, you finish up your process of recruiter and you had to boot camp, and you ended up doing the, uh, I guess you went during quarantine, right? Um, so you had that whole restricted movement phase.
1: Uh, I did not actually. So I I went, my, I went on March 2nd and COVID, I don't even think had hit the East coast yet. So we didn't have any quarantine or anything like that. I, it was right away week one. Okay. So yeah
0: skip quarantine so um for the pt tests that the Annex X guys and women do um when they get to boot camp how does that go is that just like immediately when you get off the bus or is like the next day like how's that go
1: no so you gotta you gotta join your company and do all that initial medical like all the bs um that you go through when you get there and then once you're formed up and you have your company commanders which is like that first week um Everyone, the entire company does uh, their PT test, but then they pull the guys who are trying to go annex and you go with uh, like the, um, I think it's an ASTC, the chief there. I don't know if he's still there, but he pulled all of us aside during that same time and we did our, our separate um, PT, official PT test. And okay. if you don't make it, if you don't make it that first time, you can try again um, the next, the following week. Okay. I'm I'm
2: I'm still the mediator for the uh, the commenters that are on the podcast. So what is the annex program? Just so like folks listening in are just like I don't know what they're talking about. You want me to answer that, Cody? Um, I can I'll cover what I pretty much what I,
0: I have an understanding of, and then if I like miss something, you can just like fill it in. So basically, like it's like a streamlined version of people like joining the Coast Guard. There used to be this like kind of like broken process where if you wanted to be a rescue swimmer, you had to go through uh, boot camp go to be a non rate. Um, you can get stationed anywhere in the country. So you can be stationed on a boat at a small boat station at a land unit, doing whatever you just having like, some random job assigned to you. And during that time you had to train up to be a swimmer, like go to swimmer school. So you had to do all your, like, your like intense training in the pool and stuff on your own time. Um, and basically the NXX program is like a streamlined version of that. So you sign a contract. I think it's called, it's called the NXX contract. If I'm hearing it right. Um, once you sign that, you pass these PT tests that we're talking about. You go to boot camp, and then you're basically guaranteed a, a like favorable unit, close to an air station or at an air station with like a pretty easy job as far as duty goes, where you have more time to train and work with the swimmers. Um, and then that kind of, I guess, the Coast Guard is hoping that increases graduation rates on the back end. After like they get the extra training, they'll have lower graduation or higher graduation rates at a school.
1: Right. Pretty yeah. much yeah that's it 100 right on
2: wait so so you're saying you're not always guaranteed to be at the air station with the rescue swimmers per se like you could be at a at a nearby air station and then what like i guess that's you mean like a nearby station yeah is, is that what you were saying cody
0: right it's not i don't think you're guaranteed to be stationed at an air station right jesse it's mostly like you're guaranteed to be close to one working like a pretty favorable job
1: yeah, I mean, I remember when I was filling out my dream sheet. I think it's like week six or something like that. They gave uh, there was three of us in my company who were going through the annex, and they gave us like a list of I want to say there must have been like thirty five to forty uh, annex opportunity um, so, uh, units. And so, um, I, I I mean, I didn't even know what differed between each unit that they would offer, but Kodiak was my fourth one. And um, from what I know, every Annex X like program, depending on where you at, is actually really different. They're not all the same at all. So and I, I feel like I really lucked out with Kodiak.
2: Yeah, because you're,
1: you're actually an airman there or what's your, no. what's your duties? No, so I'm still, I'm a non-rate um, just here. I'm, a, I'm attached to the base. So if you look at my contract, it says I'm attached to MWR base Kodiak. Um, so once we go through prep and we finish prep, we'll get a a separate, I don't, I don't know if they're called orders, but they basically just move our job, um, to working at the air station full time. Okay. Right. So you're
2: technically assigned, like your, your duties are MWR, which Cody, I don't know if you, what's MWR stand for again? Morale, wellness and recreation. Right. And, uh, Cody, I've I've actually been to that MWR and it's so nice. It's so big. Oh yeah, Kodiak's <laughs> like the biggest Coast Guard station, I I believe, and it's pretty cool because it's on this like remote island. Um, it's like a, a little city in itself. It's it's really cool.
1: It really is. Yeah, I mean, if if like everything were to go out in the city, we would be our own, our own like independent operating, like truly a city. Honestly, I mean, we have neighborhoods and baseball field, bowling alley. <laughs> pizza parlor commissary exchange like all that it's it's crazy here big legit yeah uh yeah let's get back
0: into the into boot camp we'll cover the whole all the mwr and like uh, kodiak stuff in a little bit here um so for the pt test and boot camp uh well how'd that go so you know you said that the astc was administering it the chief there um is that just a full-on pt test so you're doing push ups pull-ups sit-ups swimming underwaters all that
1: yeah, full on, just like that. Um, <clears throat> and I, for me personally, I felt pretty confident going into it. I, I knew that I just wanted to get to Friday so I could know for sure. It was like a huge weight off my shoulders knowing as soon as I finished that, I was like, all right, my orders are gonna be to a sector or a base for Annex and I'm not going to a cutter. <laughs> like that was huge for me. I was absolutely, I mean, I knew I was gonna make it cause I had trained for a while. Um, but it was going to be a huge weight off my shoulders knowing I'm not going to a cutter because that just is terrifying to me. <laughs> yeah, Vince knows all about that. Yeah, what's yeah. wrong with a cutter, Jesse?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Vince was on a nice, like, what, two seven? Is it 378? Three,
2: 378, and those things are just so long yet so narrow. It's like a, a little needle, and, like, you put a needle in the water, that thing, that thing just tips, man. I mean, it sinks, but, <laughs> like, like, this needle in the water in the Bering Sea because that's where we would deployed to like launching out of Hawaii. Um, yeah, it was pretty brutal. Like the, I would, we'd walk on the walls and like, you're right. Like in, in the cutter life, a lot of times you got to do like the mess cooking. Right. And uh, so like, and like one of the duties is, is it's actually the, the higher up of mess cooking is you serve the officers. So like you're serving these like fancy kind of plat, like plateaus to like the XO and you're like walking on the wall. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa <laughs> trying not to spill his coffee. You're like, come on. <laughs> and then by the time you just bring it to him it's just a platter of like mixed food and coffee and you're like i apologize sir <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> that's good stuff so yeah that was your training experience compared to like the annex guys now going through it it's like totally nice and cushy you know and like before you had to like work on a cutter for years before you could even go try to be an airman you know so
1: yeah. Uh, yeah that's why i was terrified i mean that's why i never even like thought of joining the coast guard because that's what i heard it what it was like and i was like ah i'm like you know, I'm twenty seven, I don't want to spend two years on a boat and then, you know I I mean you're already so restricted in training, period. Like you're not getting any pool time in. And so I was I, I didn't want to roll the dice on that.
2: <laughs> Man, I would run on the outer decks, but <laughs> that was risky. <laughs> like the waves would crash over. It was like in Alaska, it's cold water. Forget about it. It was terrible.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh yeah, so you pass the PT test in boot camp and you get the orders, or basically oh, that's end of week one. So you got seven more weeks at boot camp. Is there anything else with the annex program in boot camp that you do, or is it just the PT test and then your promise orders after
1: that? Well, it's uh it's just the PT test. And okay. Uh, yeah, we didn't do anything separate. You as as soon as you're done with that, you rejoin with company and you're just, you know, going through the Back to normal. The crap that basic training is. Yeah, basic <laughs> training is something else right <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah he here's a question about boot camp like you know it's 2020 we were in cody and i went through in like 2012 ish um yeah. so in 2020 like how much more i mean you wouldn't know the comparison but how much yep. more like pc or things you know and like <laughs> like I, i'm assuming the restriction on the the company commanders continuously like- increases right so
1: yeah, I mean, so from from what I, I have no idea what it was like for you guys to go through, but from my experience, uh, there was no, there was no foul language. Like they couldn't drop f bombs or anything like that. They could, I mean, they could <laughs> swear a little bit, but they couldn't drop f bombs. Um, but they found they definitely find other ways to torture you for sure. That like are just within the means of what is okay for them to do. Like
2: for example.
1: Uh, I mean, I got, <laughs> I think this was like, uh, it must've been like week six or something like that, but I uh, I was walking out of the head and it was like, I don't know, five minutes to taps or something like that. And I was walking out of the head. of the bathroom. The bathroom, yeah. And uh, the very front of my shirt was untucked, just the front. And I have like my white socks go fasters and <laughs> immediately, my uh one of my ccs it he, he just points to me and he's like you're on probation and i was like what because i had not I, I mean i had been a, I was a decent recruit i think <laughs> and i hadn't gotten in any trouble or anything like that but uh and then when the time came for probating me he just stepped on the gas with like the the torch that they do is on the quarter deck and stuff with me right so you know some yeah it was just they just find little ways like that to get into your head. What what does yeah. a probation
2: mean again in boot camp?
1: Uh, so probation, it's like if you, especially in the in the galley, when they're calling you out and you're trying to recite required knowledge, and you too consistently don't do that, or you're not loud enough, or you're messing up on other things, uh, they attach the red belt to you, and then every single day you get you have to stand at attention on the quarter deck in your squad bay. And they, you know, ask you questions, you have to march. And then if you're not hitting, if you're not hitting it consistently enough through those probation days, then you get reverted. Wait, so I
2: thought, I thought, I thought like the red belt was only for people that were in ramp ramp was like the remedial assisted something program. Yeah, I don't know. For us, it was just probation. There's no more ramp. No, there's definitely
1: ramp. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay okay but like yeah the
2: the red belt i believe was always uh only f- or strictly for the people that were attending ramp and ramp was like its own unit right like you go there it's like the tort it's like the torture within the torture of boot camp it's like oh man you went to ramp so you went to like super boot camp
0: ramp <laughs> is like boot camp squared uh, yeah. did you
2: <laughs> did
0: anyone here go to ramp
1: i did not go to ramp and actually, it's, it's it kind of it's kind of crazy because COVID had just started to get on the East Coast, and they started to really tighten down on um, like the things operating on base. And they eventually thought that ramp would increase risk because you're in such close proximity to other people, and uh, <laughs> they shut down ramp for like two weeks. Oh, nice. um, or may, maybe even longer than that, actually. So I, I never had to go to Ramp. Um, a couple people from our company, I think, in the be- beginning did, and then there's a bunch of people from uh, I was November company. There's a bunch of people from Mike Company who failed Ramp and ended up in November. Yeah. So for all those you listening, Ramp often
2: like the reason you're more cl- or closer proximity is because you're often doing like these type of like Navy Seal log lifts and these pulls. You're lifting objects together and working together. This is basically torturous physical tasks um where you're you're really at close quarters
1: yeah and it's like all day too right yeah
2: and then so i never i i had the privilege of going like or being a a drill um person so like the 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 person that gets to play with guns like all day and, and and uh do the ceremony so like you're you're doing like the the rifle flips and whatnot uh for the ceremonies but I believe like my company, right? There's always like a day where you stand there and you just watch the ramp. People just get rocked (laughs) just as like an incentive for you to not get ramped. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I I never, unfortunately, I I got to see it a little bit because it was all out in the field, but we were actively working with rifles. Uh, But yeah, I I just remember hearing a lot of screaming, maybe seeing a little throwing up. Uh, For sure, yeah, Yeah, guys get worked. Yeah, something to avoid. And then the funny thing with ramp is when you're marching. I don't know if it's still like this, but in 20, 2012, the the folks that are in Super Boot Camp and ramp, they walk, but every, I believe, left step, you have to or you like yell out the word ramp. <laughs> so you just hear all <laughs> around base throughout the day. You just hear like a group of people walking by. Cause <laughs> It's always a small group, right? It's kind of the people that got ramped, and they just go, ramp, ramp. <laughs> Ramp, it's <laughs> just like always hearing it, they sound like frogs. You're just like, What is happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, all right, good to know it's still around. How yeah. about with COVID? But yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> all right, so uh,
0: you finished boot camp, graduate, and you're off to Kodiak. So let's just kind of go through, like, I guess whenever you check in, right? Uh, you get settled in. So basically, now that you're settled in, you've been doing it for a few months now, at least, right? How, how long into it have you been doing?
1: Yeah, I've been here what since April, like April 16th. Okay, me.
0: so roughly like what, like six, six months. months or so. Yeah, so what's like a typical day day like for you on like some Monday morning? Like what'd you do today? What'd you do today?
1: Yeah, so um, I, I actually think I have the best. Um, I mean, I don't know what other sectors or bases are doing as far as the annex goes, but I feel incredibly lucky based off of the opportunity we have here to train and prepare because I work at, Like I said, I work with uh, MWR and we have Monday through Wednesdays off from work. And so like, um, well, let me back up really quick. When I first got here, COVID was a big thing. And because we're on an island, everything had to be so controlled because if one person gets on the island then everyone's gonna get it. And so what they did is they shut down uh, the gym. We weren't allowed to go to the air station yet uh, to train with the ASTs because they wanted us getting in contact with them. And uh, the gym was also shut down too. So for the longest time, I was just working and we weren't, all, I mean, the only thing I could do was run on base, like out to the peninsula. And then there's like a pull-up bar uh, out there. And that was about it. And for the longest time, um, that's all, all the training I could do. And that's not a whole lot, but, um, so I just took advantage of my, <laughs> my free time when I wasn't doing that. And I was just messing around on the island and adventuring a lot, which is great. Um, but now that COVID has slowed down, uh, my, what it should have looked like is what I'm in now if COVID wasn't a thing, but I have Monday through Wednesday off. We show up today, we work out with the ASTs Monday through Friday. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday are land-based workouts and then Tuesdays and Thursdays we train in the pool. And um, typically the workouts are around an hour and a half. And um, and then yes, and then on from Thursday through Sunday, I work 11.30 to 8.30. Okay. So there's plenty of time in the morning to train, you know, either way, whether I'm working or not, there's yeah. plenty of time for me to either get in the pool or just do a bunch of land-based stuff. So like today, did you work out with the swimmers? Yeah, we did. Yeah. And they're not, we're not training directly with them. They have a pretty nice gym over there. Uh, Cause I mean, they gotta stay focused and do their training and get to work. So we have a, a mentor who typically not all the time will meet with us and then um tell us what to do or based off the 16-week program like where you're at with the workouts and then you kind of go with that and then if the asts see you're slacking or anything like that they're gonna jump on you to make sure you're working hard so right so
0: that the the swimmer that you're uh, your mentor basically um is it just like assigned to you or
1: is it assigned to all the airmen Is it just one guy it's all the oh. airmen yeah we have one guy who make okay. sure we're executing. And, uh, typically also when we're working out, that's the PT time for all the swimmers who are there. And, uh, right. so they're, they're crushing their own thing. But like, I mean, when you're working out with, especially the guys up here, cause they're so hard, you know, they're just like hardcore, like you, you, it pushes you to do your workout, like uh, on a whole nother
0: level. They're getting after it up there.
1: They're just like, Going hardcore. Nice. nice. These guys are machines, dude. Like it's, <laughs> when I compare myself to some of these guys, it's it's absolutely unreal how elite these guys are with what they're capable of. Like I saw this one dude, he's like 180, I wanna say. And he's repping like 300 on a back squat. And then a couple hours later, he's going out on a star case. Like <laughs> these guys are just machines, dude. That's a, that's that Kodi XR for you. 30 of them, dude. They're absolute monsters. I promise you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what, what,
2: what other, what other achievements can, like, are they into? Like, are they, a lot of them are power lifters or what else are they? Yeah. Are they it, into? But no, I guess the question is like, do they work out as a shop or is it mostly like everyone on their own
0: or
1: is it like little groups kind of little cliques of people working out together? <clears throat> I mean, we, I stay far enough away from their culture because. I mean, for anyone who's listening, as far as I'm concerned, like, I'm just a, you know, AST wannabe. Like, (laughs) I'm like nowhere near, I'm like nowhere near there. So they try to kind of distance themselves from us. And from what I can tell, you either have like the guys who are just fish or the guys, you know, I mean, all the athletes here are different, you know. Um, But for the most part, you have like the guys who are just absolute fish and the guys who are just stacked, like powerlifting or benching or squatting. And then you have the guys who are just straight cardio machines. So everyone, everyone's different up here.
2: Cool. What kind of out, like, are, are they into like any outdoor sports too? Like some trail running,
1: a little surfing. Uh, yeah, there's a ton of surfers up here. Um, a ton of surfers and a bunch of hunters, I'd say. Like if you go into the AST yeah. shop up there, they have like a huge like wall full of pictures that all, of all the, the game that the swimmers have dropped. And there's like, it's a huge wall and it, there's, the bears up here are great. Like the, some of the bears these guys have dropped are unreal. Like the biggest bears I've ever seen.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, the, the wild entertainment podcast host in, in me is wondering: <laughs> Did did you have you seen any Kodiak bears? Because Kodiak bears are pretty much the biggest brown
1: bear out there. Yeah, I've seen a few actually. Uh, actually, right down the the road from base, there's there's the Buskin River, which is I think gets some of the most salmon out of anywhere on the island or in Alaska period, but all the, all the bears will be there. Or there's a couple rivers down the road where you'll see huge bears just chilling and going after fish. And they're not even really worried about you because they're so hungry. Like you could, you could get pretty close to them actually and be okay. Is it, is it pretty intimidating though still or? Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, they're huge. Like you, it's it's different to be watching National Geographic and see a bear or a Kodiak bear, and then you see one in person, and you're like, "Holy shit, dude!" If that thing stands on two feet, it's like eight and a half feet tall, and yeah. they weigh like a ton.
2: <laughs> Cody and I, we were just talking about like our own bear encounters on, on yeah, the Wild Entertainment podcast, and like we were just talking about mostly black bears, and black bears alone are tend to be very a lot smaller, at least on the East Coast, but. Even then, like when you're, when you're near him, you're like, huh? All right. Like it's still going to mess me up. Like it's no joke, you know?
1: No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The bear bear's hair. I mean, bears in general are just crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So working out in the shop, um, are you, so is the swimmer that you're working out with? I'm assuming he's like a ASC three or ASC two. Um, yeah. is he, is he, <laughs> is he a three ASC three?
1: Uh, I think he's in two. Okay. He's-
0: so um is he like going off a syllabus like is he going off certain workouts or is he just kind of like hey we're doing this today we're doing squats and we're doing like this circuit blah 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 or is is it just like hey we got like this is the workout that is on for monday week three of the this program that we're doing this
1: yeah so uh not every guy in our program is on the same day because like these guys who just came in are going to start their program at week two or whatever based off of their level fitness so we always show up and we have our workout that you're supposed to do and then every once like go off of that and then if you feel like you're weak in other areas we we usually go in later or train later on um, to supplement our training so cuz it's no you can't cookie cutter like the whole thing you have to go off of your weaknesses and train at later but um, so we show up and then we kind of do that and you go hard for that and then every once in a while Uh, he'll scratch like the whole thing and then, you know, bust us through some sort of conditioning workout or, you know, whatever he wants to do to just crush us for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's how our program was. It's kind of like, I mean, kind of similar. We had like
0: an airman syllabus, but it was pretty much like that, like workouts. And then it was either like scrap them just do whatever the AST told us to do, told us to do, or it was like, follow this workout or whatever. So it just depended. Yeah. So good to
1: know. Yeah. Um, so is your name on the A school list right now? Like, how's that work? So. How's no, whole, it's, go ahead. it's not yet. I wish it was. I, it was supposed to be back in August, actually. But the HS2, uh, who I, so I finished my part one. There's two parts to a flight exam. Uh, and so I had finished my part one, and he messed up a bunch of my paperwork. And then I had to go and redo a bunch of that. And then COVID came onto the base and onto the island. And so I haven't even been able to finish my part two yet because, right. because they're so tight on restricting... Uh, contact with people especially in medical and so yeah I guess because the doc
0: you know yeah there's only one there's one doc so it's like if he gets COVID everyone's kind of screwed so
1: (laughs) yeah and we're in trouble so I was supposed to even unfortunately I'm not yet my I still based off of what I've heard and how the uh a school wait list is going I still am probably gonna meet what I thought I'd um see as far as going to a school okay yeah because the classes are kind of uh Cut in half too, from what I've been hearing. There's like,
0: uh, typically it's 24 students in a class right now. They're doing 12. So there's a class in January and March, I want to say. So, you know,
1: yeah. And I've also heard that like, there's a bunch of people on the list right now who have miscellaneous holds. So they're not even able to push to go to school or to prep. So, okay. Now, Um, what is the,
2: what's the average length of the NEX program? So uh, as in like how long typically is a candidate there for?
1: So right now, uh, You'll, so you'll leave basic and then you'll do your like four month initial, like getting qualified with whatever you're doing. And then from there you start like the six to nine month waiting period. So realistically you're looking at a year in the annex. I'd say.
2: A y- so a year of training with a risk swimmer personally, that that's pretty cool.
1: I mean, it, it's, it's long. It's awesome. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I think it's great. I feel like, I feel like if you make it through that year, you, you, yeah, you better you should be able like you should be dialed <laughs> i know like yeah you have a year of like mentored training so yeah i would i would assume the percentages they or the attrition rate has improved you know
1: yeah i mean i would think so but at the same like they also aren't as hands-on as everyone like they're they're not personal trainers like these guys aren't like sitting next to you you know encouraging you or clapping you up there's none of that you know they if if you want this bad enough, you're gonna push hard enough in the workouts. They they don't they shouldn't have to hold your hand through it. So that's kind of how it is here. Like whether we're in the pool or on land, no one's there unless you're really slacking off. And guys are gonna like, dude, do you even want this? You know, like do you even want to be here? They'll question you like that. But they they're not gonna hold your hand through this thing. You know, like they. I think honestly, they could care less if we make it through. Yeah, they don't care. Like I had <laughs> I had an AST one time before I even joined. Uh, he was talking about the annex. Um, and he was like, I could I could give a shit if you get get through A school, dude. Like I shouldn't have to hold your hand. You either want this or you don't. And you're gonna we ha- I had one AST here actually. He was like, if you don't pay right now in each workout and give it your all, then you're gonna pay something big time at A school and you're gonna fail or you're just gonna get so sucked into your head and you're gonna wish so bad that you push for that last couple minutes in your workout because you're gonna see you're gonna see it happen down down the road. And that's that's very accurate because I've mentioned this on the podcast
2: a couple times. I had some great mentorship in my airman program and you know it was it was so uh challenging that it became it got to the point where like a school felt almost easier than some of the challenges they put me through. Um and and but that was also because I was pushing myself to the extreme and, and, and really taking in the feedback that they were giving me, um, and, and maximizing on the training. So, yeah, I would say definitely don't slack off if you're in the annex program and it will, I mean, there's no way around rescue swimmer school. Like you're either going to make it or not, you know, Yeah, uh, it's just like the bottleneck. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, my, my freaking pull workouts in my airman program, Miami were much harder than like, I mean, there was one drill in a school that was harder than anything I did in Miami, but. On average, like a Miami pool workout was way harder than an A school pool workout. So wow. I don't know if how it is now, but hopefully they, they keep doing that because that's kind of how you want it to be. You know, you want like, you want those nerve wracking workouts at A school to be kind of easy, you know, rather than when you're just working out and with a bunch of swimmers when it doesn't really matter that much.
2: But that said, I, I wouldn't want that. Like those are two commentaries to get into people's head as far as like, oh, so the, like the, your M program or the NEX program is going to be easier than A school. Like certainly... Like no, that's not, not sure. the mindset you should be going. Uh, there. And it's probably like, not this true. Should, yeah, yeah. Like the the fear of a school is so, something that's tremendously important in succeeding in that school. You know. Yeah, because so,
0: the nerves are going to be on. You know, like when you get to a school, it's totally different. It's a different ball game, hundred percent.
2: Like the funny thing too is like you'll have those like you know the, you'll have a couple of days more or less in a school before well, a, a day or two where you show up and you get to encounter like everyone that starts off and. At least when we would go through, this, always those guys. You're like, oh, this guy's gonna make it, right? And then like they they quit the f- within like the first couple hours, and you're like, what just happened? And I, that's like a different kind of pressure. That's like them totally being physically capable of, you know, completing the tasks that are required in a school, but the pressure of it all has gotten in their head too much. So it, there's definitely a, a balance that you gotta find to to have the fear when you're shooting for this school. That that's very hard, but also not like have the fear be completely uh controlling where where you don't have like any ability to just do the simple tasks (laughs) that are asked of you you know
1: yeah and like i was i was curious like what i mean there was one guy here who said that an, uh, an instructor within the first five minutes convinced this guy to quit and he was physically capable of doing it. But the instructor actually convinced this guy to go and ring out right now. Like before like day one, week one, he was like, yeah, dude, you're not gonna make it. You might as well just go over there and just ring. And the dude just st- stands up and rings out. Not shocking. Well, that's messed up. Why, why, that, I, why would he do that? <laughs> I, I mean, know. that's like a natural
0: like, I mean, if you're like gonna be gullible enough, I guess, to listen to an instructor that's literally trying to make you quit then I mean you have no business being there let's be real well yeah, uh, if
2: this rumor is true i don't know like the instructor's in a position of power like that's that's not something that's probably appropriate i mean i don't I mean, know that's, what, like, that's literally like is. one
0: of the whole you know angles of an instructor in all these kind of schools is literally to make you question yourself that's like the number one tool they have so that's, that's true and like that's like within, that's the initial like that's
2: your that's such a weak point to have like
0: or for them to quit based on that they had no business being there you know
2: like that's real. true but but let's say this like everyone even the first day gets that that uh instructor in their face saying hey you're not gonna make it i could tell right like they'll they'll usually weed you out at one point during that first day and or at, at least a couple times during the first week but that said if if the way you're saying it is like the only <laughs> this one instructor only harped on this one person the first day like nonstop, because yeah yeah like like the way i'm picturing it is like these instructors are there like all right let's see if i can make <laughs> a guy quit just with my words <laughs> 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 just like just harassing like and uh and egging this person on. I'm assuming that's not what happened. Uh, so like, but that, that that's why I'm saying that would be messed up.
1: <laughs> yeah, big time. But uh, I also think that um, like, whoever's listening to this, like and is thinking about the Coast Guard or whatever, um, joining Annex, like it has to be taken with a grain of salt because their experience could be completely different from mine and so I don't want people to take it as like, oh, if, you know, I'm, I heard I read some of the comments before this and um, on the on the Facebook page and, you know, people are worried about handing out basketballs or whatever. And it's like you could be doing something totally different somewhere else. You know, like Sector San Diego is completely different from base Kodiak as far as the annex goes. So. Right you know, people, this is just my experience and I'm just, as far as everyone listening goes, like I I have no idea what ASTA school's like or the career's like, I'm just some wannabe non-rate on base Kodiak who's working out.
2: Yeah, and that's why anybody who's trying to train to, to go down the rescue route or any kind of elite military forces, uh, yeah. Get on the RSM training circle on Facebook. And I guess it seems like Jesse you're on there and yeah, people share that information of like their experiences. So that way you get kind of a, a glimpse of, of different perspectives. Um, and it's just a good place for everyone to, to get together and yeah. and learn and grow. So yeah, check I mean, out everything, RSM everything, training circle.
0: And everything we pretty much are covering this podcast has already been answered on that page. So it's, Kind of nice. Um, yeah, I mean, that kind of goes like kind of what you're saying, Jesse. Um, I had a couple of people mention that, you know, like they were told by other non rates and other people, maybe even recruiters that I don't know if it was from recruiters, but like the annex program isn't worth it. Like you're better off or like you're just as good, you know, maybe like going to boot camp, getting assigned to like a small boat station or like somewhere random and just working out on your own and, and going through that process. And I think that's totally like bullshit. Like the yeah. annex program is where it's at. Like if you're trying to be a swimmer, like hundred percent, you got to get in this program.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's actually one guy here today uh, who's from Valdez off the cutter. He's getting ready to go to prep. And the dude has had uh, access to nothing like in the last year. And he's about to go to prep, you know, like yeah. if, if he had been in the annex and just trained five days a week with a pool. And, um, the, the more resources then you have just such a better chance and such a better shot. And so can you explain what prep is?
0: Yeah, we're going to, that's a whole section. So yeah. We can oh, okay.
1: So it never it mind. Yeah.
0: We'll just go into it now. Um, so yeah, basically prep is like the one week course you go to East Elizabeth city where the a school is and you get evaluated by instructors. And then based on that evaluation, they tell you if you're ready to come to a school or whatever. So, um, I guess, I guess, how's the prep work um do you have to have your name on the a school list or like yeah when, are you, you slotted for prep or how's like yeah
1: yeah so as far as i know you have to have your flight physicals done and then you can submit and then you'll you'll go on the list and then there next to your name it'll show a hold and then it'll say prep next to it and then from what i know now again i don't i'm not hundred percent sure on all this stuff but uh right after prep you should get orders to the very next class which could be in a month to three months or something like that okay
0: yeah so from what i've been hearing so i worked out with like seven or eight swimmer or not swimmers but uh you know guys in the annex program trying to yeah. go swimmer um and what from a couple of those guys went to prep and basically yeah they evaluate you there and they say like hey either you're ready to go to a school maybe you're not like they have different codes like i think it was like green yellow red or something i forget what it was specifically but like you could get like a yellow and like where they think you might be ready but not totally ready for like the next class but you can also like still go it seems like it's kind of like up to you still like there's no restriction based on prep like right Does that make sense yeah it's like definitely
1: this? up to you for sure i mean you can yeah. still get a red you know and they're going to be like you should probably pick a different rate but you're like no i'm still going to work and and try and make this thing and then go again i guess now, would you have to go again through prep if you're labeled as red? I don't think you go back to prep
2: more than once. I think you just, you just go and then you're in A school, even as a red?
1: Uh, well, you have to get orders. You can get orders, and I think you can actually turn down the orders to A school. And if you're like so, in a yeah. red or a yellow, you can turn it down. and be like, no, I'm not ready to go. Have the guy that's next in line go instead of yeah.
0: me. I, specific, I know a guy who um, I talked to recently who went to prep um, and he basically got orders to one of the A school classes coming up and he decided not to go to that class. He's going to kind of wait a little bit to train more. So it's totally on the table. You don't have to take orders. If you're like still questioning whether you want to or not, if you want to keep training and like kind of work on whatever your weak points are, you can, you can deny the orders and they'll push you back. So, and that's, that's a question in itself, you know, like whether you should do that or shouldn't, you know, in my experience, I would just take the orders if I was given them and just go for it. I wouldn't wait. But, Even if you like a red or yellow. Yeah, I think I would, well, actually it, it depends because the annex program, it's different than how it was when I went through. So I actually don't hundred percent know what I would do now, but if I was like a yellow, I think, or green, I would like, and I was given orders. Like I definitely wouldn't be denying orders. I would just go, um, but it just depends.
2: Yeah. that must be so cool because it, now it sounds like there's this whole like underdog class right so like you're like oh i made it through as a red they are like no you're not gonna make it and then i made it <laughs> or <laughs> or the the folks that don't go through the nex program and they're just like the the free agents if you will and they just come off the boat and they're like killed it <laughs> you know i don't know how often that happens but yeah it's know. like the underdog he's like the like cinderella story off the cutter
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
2: (laughs) i was holding my breath in the bow which was what (laughs) i was doing (laughs) yeah yeah i was holding my breath while rowing in like the bow which you know the bow is the part that goes up and down in the waves so like you're like half puking holding your breath and like actively rowing to like you know simulate some kind of muscle fatigue while being underwater you know (laughs) that's the best i had (laughs) yeah Uh, is
1: that how would you do is that how you would work on like water con type stuff
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean there's no there's no water right like what do you want me to put my head like in in the sink like i mean like there's no point Sam, like you either
1: didn't prepare or you you tried to find out a way
2: no, yeah, I would I would train and I, I would actually go through, and that's why like I released that how to hold your breath like a rescue Storm program because it goes through like different ways to train if you're even on ground. So I would go through apnea tr- uh, tables and I would do that while on watch. So like if you're on a cutter, you're often standing lookout, right? So you're up on the on, like the upper part of the vessel, just like staring through big goggles, right? I mean you know, it was a good way to keep myself awake, especially in Alaska and stuff. And like the cold, I would just hold my breath and, and go through the, the, the revolutions of those breath holds and you slowly increase. And yeah, I was getting up to like three minutes and whatnot. Um, and that's how I would train that. That's all I could do. Right. Um, and then I would, cause that's the thing with the challenging part of rescue swimmer school. People may be able to hold their breath a long time, but it's not the same if you're not able to do it while your heart rate is, you know, fast. So like, so I would simulate that by rowing and, uh, yeah, I would row and hold my breath. Um, sometimes, basically, you you got to improvise a little bit, you know. Yeah,
1: rowing, rowing and holding your breath sounds heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it was brutal.
2: Um, yeah. The other thing too is like if you're the gym, it's kind of a stupid thing, but I guess that's where it is. The gym on this three seventy eight, they were always usually in the front in the bow, um, and that goes up and down, and like that's fun when you're benching or, or even just doing pull ups, right? Like it's like, like. Oh, it's really hard this is the hardest pull up in my life and then like you time it again it's like that's oh, the easiest pull up in my life <laughs> just based on like where you were on the wave you know so you, yeah you know you had to either you were doing resistance training or you were doing super easy like underweighted training you know
0: yeah. dude i mean it's like you're working out in space let's be real if you're doing like <laughs> more or less yeah, yeah. If, you, if you time the wave right you have no gravity so this you are working out in space yeah yeah <laughs> All right, yeah, so I guess you wouldn't know too much about the prep course. Um, from what I've heard, it's like, basically kind of like, they just kind of hold your hand through the workouts um, and just kind of show you how to do certain exercises and what they're gonna be hammering you on when you get to A school. Um, is that kind of what you've heard too?
1: Yeah, I've heard it's more like of a walk, crawl, run type week, you know? Where yeah. they're just on you, And then maybe like Thursday or Friday, they, they try to really work you, I guess. I mean, like I said, I don't know anything about it, but that's what I've heard through Yeah. people. I think it's have- pretty
0: cool yeah it's a good program because like a big part of like for me at least of the whole nerve that whole nerve wracking part of like getting to a school was actually driving up there and having to go on base for the first time and like you had to like go get your barracks room and like do all that and then you're doing that like on like friday saturday and then you know monday you're starting a school but if you've already been to the base and you kind of know where the barracks are where the galley is it might make a school a little more familiar when you when you're actually there for real so it's kind of cool that they do that now
1: and when, when when did you guys go through a school? Uh,
0: I went through in, so I started in May of 2013. And then I graduated in, um, so September, like in May, September.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: I went through in the 80s. In the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I also went to in 2013. I believe it was, yeah, I was winter. I don't, I think I graduated like the next year. So I don't know. It was 2013. Makes sense. Time. Yeah. Cause you got yeah. to Detroit, like,
0: like probably like in the spring of that. Of fourteen, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You had been there what, like a year? Or something? I
0: had been there like probably eight months. Or so. I had just gotten back from um, EMT school, and I think I was just getting qualified right when you showed up.
2: Um, right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, what did I want to say? Uh, it's gone. Don't matter. I was, I, well, I was going to ask what, if you, from what you guys know now about a school, and from what it is today, like I mean, even just prep, like, I have, do you see a lot of differences? As far as like when you guys went through seven years ago,
0: i honestly like I think it's one of those things where like every like every generation's like oh, ours is harder, blah 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 um I think like it they're probably equally hard in their own ways um and then the instructors who are are teaching and you know um, filtering the students now are the same ones who are filtered by like the older generation, so it's probably like pretty much the same um you know, there's like different like you're in a different box now based on you know like the climate or whatever but it's it's still i think probably equal it's definitely equally as hard and like in different ways they're just doing different drills and they can do different drills for a certain amount of time the pool's deep you know so i mean i think yeah it's probably the same Like just know
2: well i think that that that's accurate like it, there's a lot of it that's not going to change because like the challenge of it certainly is always going to be be there um that said the cool thing about like listening in on this podcast and, and the guests we've had on and, and just the community that's growing uh you know we do notice that the rescue swimmer school is constantly growing like it's official now they're no longer doing I think the pressure points from from one of the rescue swimmers that hit us up um they're they're doing like I don't, yeah I don't know if they're, than, they're, they might still be doing those for the a school I'm not sure on that like I'm, I don't know it seems like he, I mean, whoever hit, enough, yeah who, I don't who know hit us he, up again um uh,
0: I think the guy who the summer who talked to us is stationed in mobile and he's part of the, he might be either like kind of like tangentially related, like he might be hearing, I don't know if he's at the air station, like working, like, I don't know if the stand teams like this, the team that kind of like the, implements all the new, the new stuff into like the AST rate. I don't know if he's part of that or just like hearing about it while he's there, but it sounds like they're trying to like move like jujitsu moves into the whole, like maintaining control of your survivor but i'm not sure that's been implemented in the a school yet that seemed like it'd be pretty fast if they're already doing that you know because i, th- I think it has i think
2: i think it has from like a couple people i've talked to but um, so we got to get what, we gotta get like a new summer we got to
0: maybe get him on the podcast and talk about it um,
2: absolutely that'd be pretty cool. um and but yeah what, what i'm saying is i think the school is is always growing smarter like for example when i went through school and and cody i don't know if you ever had this but i would say this is a, a perfect example of how it, it evolved. Did you ever have a foam rolling like little course one day? Yeah. Cody? We did a oh, foam you did? rolling course. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that was very new. Um, that was only implemented like, you know, a couple months before probably Cody went there. Um and so that's just like an, an example of, hey, they're like learning that, hey, just just grinding these students constantly without giving them like the proper training to to recover is not the most beneficial way of of seeing who will will be an asset out in like a a panicking like survivor type situation so they're constantly growing as far as like hey like this is how we can train these candidates better that said what is always probably gonna remain a constant is yeah dealing with those combative survivors or uh, a distressed survivor in the water in those multi multis um, that they do Um, cause you know, that is what you're going to deal with. You're going to deal with somebody that's, that's panicking. You're going to deal with something where your heart is very elevated and then you have to complete a task. So they're always going to do that and that's not going to change. And that's why they have to train you hard so you can be able to maintain your composure and and complete those, those objectives. Um, but yeah, I think it's constantly growing and, and I can't speak personally as to what it's become, but I'm sure it's always getting better, you know?
0: Yeah. A bunch of, um, A guy we were stationed with in Detroit is an instructor now. And then my old mentor, um, from Miami is an instructor also. And both those guys are solid. So like, I think the the instructor quality is like legit still, you know, and like, it's, I mean, it's like, the it's still just maintaining that, that rigorous standard. It's just a new generation kind of implementing it. So yeah,
2: it's truly phenomenal leadership as far as, you know, and I can't speak to every class since the beginning of the risk swimmer rate. Um but I could say that my leadership in a school was phenomenal. The, the The guys really put in the time to educate themselves as far as bettering yourself physically and, and not just that, but like, you know, being a good leader and leading by example. Um, and we, we truly looked up to almost all the instructors. Um, uh, I mean, some were more intimidating than others and some we saw as more like of a, of a peer, you know, they're always going to have those kind of relationships, but, um, Yeah. Like seriously, one of our instructors, we, we perceived as like a God, (laughs) like, we were like, he looks like a God. He speaks like a God. He's educated (laughs) like a God. He is a God. Like, like open up your church. I'm going like every Sunday. Let's go. Let me, (laughs) let me educate myself and let, let's become better people. Um, and instructor was the same instructor who implemented the, uh, the foam rolling course for our class. So there you go. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Yeah. He knows what he's talking about. And I think I think there's always going to be those I hopefully always going to be those that the bond of instructors and and that really take that uh, responsibility seriously to uh, to train the future generations.
1: I feel like I've been really blessed actually cuz some of the guys who are here were former instructors. And so even when we're we're train I mean even this morning, you know, one of them who was pretty fresh from being an instructor at A school is like dialing in guys on what it like just just being squared away during the workout, like don't show weakness in your face, like that type of stuff. And they they a lot of them are just so willing to come alongside you and coach you up instead of just try to like um break you or like not, not even, they don't have to engage with us, but a lot of them are so willing to choose to come alongside us while we're working out and be like, Hey, when you do your pull-ups, make sure you do them this way. Like your, your knees aren't going to come up. I'm going to hold my arm here. So, so your knees don't come up and they can be training, but some of them are taking the time to come in and step next to us and make sure that we're executing properly. So when we go to a school, we're already used to the, the expectations that they have for us during the training day. So I, like you said, you're talking about leadership, like these guys like walk the walk and it's, it's amazing to just be a part of, even if we're, I'm not like, um, getting to know these guys personally, it's like really cool to be around them. Cause they're incredible, incredible leaders and men. So
2: speaking about that, uh, the facial expression, uh, that instructor that Cody and I looked up to would always say, and that always stuck with me is look strong, be strong. So that was more or less our, our motto going through risk swimmer school was look strong, be strong. And you know, one way I think that, you know, there's definitely some things I struggle with in a school, but there one thing maybe I was successful at is that, right. I was going through the struggle. I thought it was difficult, but I would never show like any kind of, you know, like, like anything was getting to me especially during the multis. so i to be fair like during the, the workout sometimes you're like you gotta you gotta show them that you're putting in the work or else they're just gonna keep like beating you so you just sometimes you gotta be like oh yeah i'm working here <laughs> um but on the other hand when when it goes into the actual training scenarios of a, a multi where you have to deal with with a survivor at that point i would always have the the game face on it you know you walk out on the pool deck i would you know i I think they they described it as like i would look like an angry pit bull like i would just like go out and i was like all right who's the instructor i gotta yeah i gotta get in the basket right now um and and i remember the admiral actually came to to do a tour of risk swimmers school when we were going through our final multi um and they they had me they had me as a swimmer going out to do the test in front of the admiral and they're like hey vince you know, do what you've been doing, but the admiral's out there. I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they, they they wanted to kind of put on a show, so it was definitely rough. Um, and I was getting beat. And one of the things I would do is, you know, whenever I would, I was buddy towing, so, you know, you have your survivor on your hip and you're towing them. Um, whenever I was facing the side with the admiral and the, you know, the chief instructors, you know, I would, I was basically exhaling through my nose, right? I was like, <sighs> because you know usually your mask gets torn off and like doing the the, the stuff so basically it looked like i was totally calm and collect and then what i would do is i would swap arms sometimes and go to the other side and just like just gas just go like (laughs) (laughs) and flip back over and just like game face breathing through the nose like this is cool i got dude this got this is nothing this is nothing (laughs) so yeah looking look strong be strong is definitely a key asset uh in in a school never show that that a lot here they say that a lot yeah yeah it's kind of the secondary yeah. rescue swarm motto you know so others may live and look strong be strong <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh let's talk to some like drills kind of well drills i
0: kind of wanted to talk about like kind of harp on for people training for this um what are the drills they harp on like when you're training in the pool say like what are the big drills that everyone's like worried about and the drills and instructors or the the a school not the a school but the uh the guys stationed there are kind of like really making you like. Focus up on I guess I'm like, f- focus on, yeah. I have uh, a couple in mind, I'm just kind of curious.
1: Uh, the one I've heard is brick on back for sure. Um, get really good at treading water. They, they push on that for sure. Um, yeah.
2: Wait, what is brick on back? Like I keep hearing this, what is it?
1: Yeah, so you, you have your brick, you're on your back and you have to have the brick out of the water and then you got to be able to get to the other side. And I, from a guy who actually just got back from a school here said they were doing hundreds of brick on back. Ooh. And so you, you can't use your arms and you're just doing your legs to try and keep the brick out of the water while um, making it to the other end of the pool without touching. So So this is bro. just in like, you have like a t-shirt and shorts, no fins kind of thing. Yeah, no fins. Yeah. And you either... Uh, what, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get my egg beater down because especially with that drill, you're not uh, – with a frog kick, you have that slow pause where when you have a brick in your hand, you're going to drop a little bit and that can get pretty exhausting. So, what I'm um, trying to do right now is really perfect my egg beater so that way it's more smooth. Um, and that just goes with treading water in general. Like, I want to be able to, to just chill out with an egg beater. Um, so, they push that for sure here. Um, and then uh, – what's another one?
2: Yeah, that, that egg beater, sorry to interrupt, but that egg beater is definitely a skill that's, that's important to perfect, but I, I never perfected it. I always had a, a struggling time with it and it takes time. I think it takes time to master that technique, you know?
0: Yeah, that's what I say. Like people asking, like a lot of people in high school, like message and be like, Hey, what can I do now to train? And I always say, join a water polo team because that's where you're going to learn the egg beater. So just join a water polo team, play water polo.
1: I wish I had played water
0: polo just for,
1: you know, where I'm at right now, or just on any water sport, but,
2: they always say that in rescue swimmer school, like, Oh, an olymp. I think at one point, maybe an Olympic athlete came and they always say this, like an Olympic athlete came and, and he failed out like an Olympic swimmer. Uh, that said, I think one thing they also always say is like the, the water polo players have never failed out. <laughs> so but they never you know. fail.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So and from like, in my class, like
2: anyone who played water polo was a
0: stud, like, a stud so
2: yeah yeah because it is underwater combat like they're, they're actually fighting each other underwater and people don't understand that it's pretty it's pretty rough like the refs don't see what's going on underwater and it's pretty catch scratchy it's pretty kicky it's it's everything it's it's dirty that's so. what you
0: want it's what you want if you're trying to go to a school like that's that's the yeah. sport although like i don't know many high schools that actually offer that so maybe like park some rec or something
1: yeah Thicker
2: so sorry out. i i interrupted though you were saying uh brick on back was the second
1: thing Uh, brick on back. And then to be honest, there's not a whole lot that they're trying to push on us other than getting really comfortable underwater, uh, especially with an elevated heart rate. And you, I mean, we, you can, you can do that in so many different ways, whether it's going immediately from like a 500 meter swim and then 30 seconds rest into a, into an underwater or, um, uh, over unders, that's another tough one, especially when you keep you're doing like a 400 meter over under, um that's that's another big one too and it's it's easy i guess here it's really easy to like we were talking earlier about how um you have to be accountable to yourself when no one's watching um it's really easy here like if for me (laughs) there'll be that little voice that's saying like hey no one yeah i mean these guys aren't really watching you don't have to touch the corner You know, and but those are the things that they're they're telling us to do. That's what they're harping on is making sure that whenever we ask you to do something, you do it the right way and you go all the way. Not just so, you know, not just for us to tell you that, but when you pay that price right there in the training, then you're gonna reap the reward at A school. And so it's not necessarily like specific drills that they're harping us on, and maybe that's just our annex program here, but it's just making sure we do exactly what they ask us to, whether people are watching us or not and keeping that intensity. That's what they're really pushing on us here. So I'm, I I don't really answer that question, but, you know, Cody, but that's just, if they're pushing anything on us, yeah, That's, that's like, I think that's what they're pushing on us as far as, but nothing specifically drill wise other than brick on back and water con and um, okay. treading.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was basically going to say like, from what I've been hearing, you got to get really good at brick on back and then be really strong and buddy toe and just buddy toe forever. So like if you're, yeah. Finning. yeah, just fin all day. So like, put put your fins on and do a thousand meter freaking finning repeats if you want. Like, just freaking fin all day.
2: Well, but, that that brick on back is a perfect example of what we were just talking about about how like this school continuously evolves. Because Cody, did you ever have to do brick on back?
0: No, because we. I mean, we just did brick treading. Um, yeah, you know, you know, but, brick treading,
2: but that's about it. Yeah, but I see. I honestly see better benefit as a a you know helper of panicking survivors to do brick on back because, you know, I've, I've often said this, like, Hey, yeah, maybe I, I can really help somebody out in the water if I have fins on, but like somebody that's combative and like you're trying to buddy tow them to a safer location without fins, even myself with the experience, like that's, that's a hard do. That's a hard challenge. Like my, I'm not the best at the egg beater, but you know, that, that, or the survival stroke. So like basically a, a large scissor kick oh actually like without fins you don't even want to do that larger you're just basically kicking or you know that that's hard that's hard to tow somebody especially if they're combative or or panicking to safety um without fins so i think that brick on back is is an example it's good training for you know trying to help somebody to safety without fins in that scenario you know
0: yeah 100 percent. i mean like yeah that drill is i've tried it a bunch of times in the pool in boulder here and like that drill is super hard um Yeah, kills you. And I can see it translating also to like, you know, when you're doing multis or dealing with competitive survivors and you're doing, when you have fins on, you're like, you're just buddy towing them a lot of times, you know, you're underwater a lot of times and like, you're still struggling. Like, it feels like you don't have fins on a lot of times just because it's so hard that drill kind of gets used to that, the elevated heart rate and sinking feeling that you get when you're kind of like trying to keep your head above water. So yeah, it's a way better drill than anything we did. And I mean, it sounds hard, obviously. So.
1: Yeah, and I will say like for people who are interested or going into the annex, I will I will say that I wish so bad that I had done more finning before before all this because um, once they strap those huge jet fins on you, like your hip flexor, at least for me, like if I'm honest, like when I first strapped those things on, like my hip flexors were fried with not even going that far, and I wish yeah. I I wish I did way way more of that because that's like from, from the guys here, they, they've always told us like, you can never do too much legs and you can never do enough finning to prepare you for a school. So I just wish I did a lot more of that. Not just that, but your, your ankles ability
2: to support that power. Um, you know, I have actually injuries like to date, um, from, from doing all that finning, but that's, that's something that you need to train beforehand. Just, just to get your joints accustomed to that pressure that your ankle is going to have, um, yeah, those fins are no joke. It's like kind of a two by four. So I would say like, you know, you if you're brand new to swimming, swim without fins, right. And like, and just work like that technique and then work up to little, you know, those little sporty, uh, short fins that are oftentimes used for, uh, what what is it like body surfing? Um, and then eventually then you build up to that, uh, jet fin you know, cause that, that's kind of a, a natural progression if you have the time, um, which hopefully you do and you prepare yourself ahead of time. And then, you, and then once you're, you're in shape for the jet fins, then yeah, you train hard with them. Um, but yeah, that, that's, it's a, it, it's powerful equipment that is geared towards pulling a survivor to safety. It's not the fastest fin. It's not like the most efficient fin just for swimming in itself, but it's, it's proven to be like the best fin for, for towing somebody to safety. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I guess speaking of gear, did you were they did they sign you gear at the in Kodiak? I like got the base there, or do you just have to like use like spare gear in the shop?
1: I actually had to order all my own gear.
0: So you had to buy your own gear. Yeah, I did. Yeah.
1: <clears throat>
2: For all those listening on the podcast, we we have the affiliation with ATAC ATAC uh, Fitness, right, Cody? Um, and then you guys can yeah. use the, the the code RSM. A little advertisement. Sorry, y'all, but yeah, it, and it's very almost identical gear to what rescue swimmers use and then you get like a discount so uh check it out they, atac fitness
0: atac fitness on the instagram page too um yeah i actually just like i just used their mask and it's basically like the same as do you have the sea vision mask is that uh, like, i use i use an aqua one
1: mask right now oh, like is that the big like fishbowl one uh no it has the uh, the nose piece to it so oh, it's okay a, yeah it's not the full uh um, one but okay cool
0: yeah okay so like, so they did tell you, like, did they tell you what gear to get? Like, did you just have to like know you had to get the scuba pro jet fins or whatever and like all that stuff or?
1: or? Yeah, so they told us what, uh, and, and to make sure you have a snorkel with no purge valve in it. Um, yeah. And so I had, I had already bought some equipment when I was thinking about going PJ a long time ago, uh, except for the jet fins. So I, I had gotcha. all of that and then, uh, yeah, I just had to order it and came through on Amazon.
0: Sweet. Yeah, we'll leave that ATAC because ATAC actually makes a rescue swimmer package now basically so you can order it all as one. So they have the, the mask, which simulates the sea vision or like the one used in the, the summer program and then the snorkel and they have like booties and fins. So you could get it all as one thing. Um, so if anyone's actually doing that, it's, it's out there. So we'll leave a link in the show.
2: The and I show think notes. it's discounted if you get the package deal. Yeah, package. RSM code <laughs> at, at checkout.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's our little
0: affiliate link yeah. there. All right. Um, I think that's pretty much all the questions I had for this whole program. Um,
2: Vince, I have one I have more. Stuff? Yeah, you yeah. you, you said you're 28 years old, uh, Jesse. How is this wearing on your body? Because like, you know, I'm assuming you're training with all these kids that are 18, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I think we have two 18-year-olds here and then the, the rest are 22 to 30. Actually, we have one guy who's going to be 31 uh, this next year. So it. it's... Yeah. And it's, it's definitely a mix. I, so I played sports all my life growing up. I never played college or anything like that, but I can definitely tell being 28 years old, like it takes me way longer to heal. And when I'm not making a priority of mobility work, which is like foam rolling, I have a a cop. I don't know if you guys read the, uh, supple leopard book. You ever heard of that? Becoming a supple leopard. uh i highly recommend it to guys who are like trying to get mobile hips or like for me it's my hips um and my knees and uh my shoulders but i have to prioritize that like every single day uh and just static stretching too because if not then i'm I'm, i'll walk into the pool and i'll feel like a wreck man like uh so that's one thing i've noticed being 28 years old like because i mean back in college or in high school like i mean maybe you guys can relate to this but i could walk out my dorm and be like no like going in cold and run like a phenomenal like three mile or whatever um yeah and like feel great but now there's no way i could go out and run unless i prioritize a nice warm-up and mobility and rolling and which kind of sucks because it just it's kind of boring um but i have to do it otherwise i'll break myself that's for sure
0: yeah that's the nice thing about a school um so i can totally relate to that like i went through a school when i was like i was 20 um So I thought the warmups that we did in a school were like a joke. I was like, why are we doing this? Like we're doing like ankle mobility, like, like just doing little circles with our ankles. And I was like, this is so dumb. Why are we doing this? We should just like go run. Mm -hmm. Um, and like today I don't like, I don't start a run without like five minutes of warming up, like ankle warming up, like twisting my ankles, like freaking doing dynamic stretches, all that stuff. So all that stuff does matter when you get older. And so if you're like, whatever, like maybe 26 plus going through a school. Yeah. Obviously like all your, all your advice is going to be. Kind of the right. bread
1: and butter it's kind of frustrating too especially when you're in the annex and you have like guys who are 18 and they're absolute studs and you know i i used to think i was in decent shape but it takes me it takes me longer to get in great shape and it takes me longer to recover but you're wanting to hang so bad with the group because they're crushing it and you want to you know at least for me personally you know i want to be able to hang and then not only hang but just like compete um but i definitely noticed at my age like uh I, I i it's just different for me compared to those guys but whatever
2: what about uh maturity wise have you come to find that that's at all of a struggle you know you know working with folks that are quite a bit younger than you with more you know
1: yourself having more life experience um i mean i'm not gonna sit here and say like some of the guys in my annex program are like immature and i'm more mature or whatever like all these guys here to be honest with you are, are great you know they're they're, they're pretty squared away. Um, just phenomenal swimmers. Uh, we have one guy who's, who just got here. He was an outstanding water polo player. So, a lot of these guys are studs. I mean, you can tell. I mean, when I was their age, I was doing the same thing, you know, whatever that is, or talking the same way. But, um, I mean, I'm not going to speak for the guys here. But in other places or in, I mean, even in basic training, like I was 27 years old and I'm surrounded by 18-year-olds, like, you definitely see that there as far as maturity goes and i'm sure that's in other annex programs here but i feel like for the most part the the younger crowd here is pretty pretty solid honestly like these guys are way more mature than i was when i was their age <laughs> honestly what 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 are some goofy things though that you notice as far as like you know as as 18 year olds <laughs> in boot camp <laughs> Go- goofy things uh <laughs> dude there was a lot of tears <laughs> Um there's a lot of tears. There's uh a lot of complaining to CCs which really shocked me, like tattletaling on like so and so said this to me in the in the in the squad bay, and I'm like, what? Like really dude? Like that's happening right now? Whoa, 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 like a recruit would tattletale
2: of of a uh, company
1: commander to another company commander? This dude was squaring the hatch of our CC and he was like, uh you know, Petty Officer So and so this guy was hurting my feelings because he said this to me and blah, blah, blah. And like, I mean, <laughs> that, that happened quite a bit going. in my company. And I was like, <laughs> it, I was fortunate enough because there was actually quite a bit of dudes who were in their mid to late 20s in my company uh, back in March. And so I was able to connect with those guys and like kind of separate from the immature crowd. Um, and then there's a lot of the maturity is like, guys just don't want to take it seriously, you know? like they they're just they're just they're literally just messing around and they, they'll they see it whether it's here or even in annex programs you know like they see it like um yeah anyway i'm not gonna go into whatever i was gonna talk about one kid here who quit the annex but oh. i'm not gonna go into that um but you see it all yeah. the time
0: i've heard there's some guys and maybe maybe females too who are using the annex program as a way to get nice and easy like kind of non-rate time so <laughs> i don't know if that's a
1: if you, yeah, I mean that's an. E- I guess you could take that as a ticket to go work on some base, but yeah, if if you're okay with working in MWR for four years and you're there for the GI Bill,
0: yeah, I was hearing something about that. Like some San Diego guys are like talking, like kind of like dishing it out, and it sounded like they had like a purge. Basically, there was a few people who were doing that. They were trying to kind of like use the annex program to kind of skate by as a non-rate, and. um they came through, I guess, and like the master chief was like, "You, you, and you, come with me." And they immediately reassigned them to cutters like that day, because <laughs> they knew they were just like never going to go to a school, like they were just skating by. So they just put them on cutters. Feel like they'll sniff week. that
1: out for sure. And even one one dude uh, who's an AST here, he was like, "When you when you're in the annex or you're at a school, you have to make a choice. Like you're either going to be underwater or underway." and there's going to come a point in time when you're really in the suck and you just got to make a choice. Would you rather stay underwater right now? Or do you want to be underway for the next three years on some cutter? <laughs> so
2: yeah. Yeah. When I would have at the bottom of the pool and looking up, I would always just see the bottom of my 378. <laughs> I was like, I'm under that thing. I don't want to go up and clock my head back on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but that, that was actually uh that was cool insight as far as the, the tattletailing going on in bootcamp. And that's what I was kind of asking earlier about like how it evolved as far as the PC-ness goes. Like, here's another question. has, do you, do you get there and are you usually identifying like your gender? Has that changed in bootcamp or what? Like,
1: well, as far as like political type stuff goes. Um... Well, I, I meant like, you know, like, like, the, are, like you, are you showing up or
2: yeah. Pronouns like, Hey, I'm Vince. I associate as uh, his, he,
1: no we didn't see any of that at all
2: okay yeah yeah i, I bet sure you that's coming though yeah. it's on the way because it's, it's happening
0: in all the colleges so you know it's happening it's gonna happen in the military too
1: but yeah there's a yeah. lot of that type of immaturity for sure in my company which was super annoying you know and some ccs would cut into these kids dude like really you, you want me to call it, you know call your dad or call your mom you're here to i'm not here to mommy you type stuff like they'll they'll make sure that <laughs> whatever you're trying to do to tattle or rat like they're gonna make sure that doesn't keep happening they're gonna make you feel like crap for it because that does just doesn't belong in the coast guard
0: (laughs) yeah i mean the military yeah this and pretty much any person like come on
2: (laughs) yeah that's crazy because i I even had a 17 year old in my boot camp right because if you have your parents approval you can i guess you can go to boot camp at 17 um but even then i don't think anybody had the the balls to go and wrap On another cc i think everyone would have been too scared to do that but um you know times change and people i think i think there's always always a little bit more of a sense of entitlement as we're we're growing up you know with with everything that's that surrounds us so you know that that probably does happen sometimes but that's crazy that cc's kind of like manage that you know for sure yeah right on right on all right jesse thanks so much for coming on
1: yeah thanks guys really appreciate it and if anyone has questions or whatever with annex like i don't know if you guys want to tag me in in that stuff if they have anything further but um, i'll be happy to answer questions with people like whether it's coast guard or um non-rate stuff or annex and whatever let's
0: keep it uh here what we'll do is uh have people join the uh if they want to talk to you they'll just have to join the facebook page because i don't Mm -hmm. want to blow you up on instagram or anything as far as like just because you're still training you know i don't want to be like too much of a distraction um so basically if you want to talk to jesse about Questions, if you want to talk about Kodiak or whatever, just uh, join the Facebook page on, it's Rescue Server Mindset. It's a group called RSM Train Circle, and you can just talk to them directly there. We do like, I mean, there's like posts on everything there. So maybe we'll just make a little post and so people can comment on it and you can go through and answer those questions.
1: Sure. Yeah, I'd be more than happy to. Right on, great. All right, thanks so much, Jesse. Yeah, thanks for having me on, I really appreciate it. It's been good. All right, so that
0: was Jesse, who's currently in the NX program, stationed in Kodiak. Great to have him on, kind of talking about the whole program. Sounds like they kind of like really squared it away as far as like the difference between when you and I went through, you know? Um,
2: Yeah, I'm hearing hearing good things. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of complaints from both sides. You know, there's always like the salty sailors that are like, oh, no, I don't like this new program. And certainly sometimes (laughs) like an officer makes a decision to make a change just for his own promotion. But all in all, from my perspective, it sounds like good good changes, so I don't know. That sounds,
0: I think it sounds legit. Yeah, uh, Yeah. so if you're
2: interested, um, I guess we're kind of like pseudo recruiters right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. If so you're like new to the-, the podcast, that's not what this whole podcast is about. This is a very <laughs> niche into the rescue swimmer uh, job uh, podcast. But, you know, in the near yeah. future, we still have guests that are coming on and we're talking about kind of gnarly military stories as well as just elite military training. So it's a little inside baseball this week. Um, yeah. yeah. So if you are thinking about
0: joining the Coast Guard and you want to be a rescue swimmer, and, or you want to, you know, if you're like Jesse said, a rescue summer, wannabe, and you want to train to be one, one day I'm, I'm putting together, I basically put together a little page on the rescue summer mindset website, risk where you can kind of see the first few steps that you have to do. So it's pretty obvious, like obviously you got to talk to a recruiter. And then it's so like, those steps are labeled on that website page. And then I also have a link to my book, the Rescue Swimmer mindset. And it's just the ebook. So you can download my entire ebook. It's like a hundred 10, 120 pages. And you can read the whole thing for free and kind of get an idea of how you want to mentally prepare wait for free, totally free. So all you got to do free. is go to rescue swimmer slash start today. And you'll go on the page. You'll see the steps you got to do. And then there'll be a little link to the book. You can download it as long as you download it. I mean, that page will be there for a while, but the book will only be free for, for the next week or so. So roughly seven days from today for free for free for free
2: yeah cool um hey i've been talking about it wildertainment podcast just like our our guest here jesse i combine two names wilderness and entertainment wildertainment podcast we've had some great guests so far we had the gina panuzzi story of a helicopter crash we had myself talking about some uh some stocky mountain lion and, and sleeping with a bear uh and then we just recently had cody on actually talking about his mountain lion uh story which is <laughs> really entertaining uh and recently we we also just had some mountaineers talking about falling into an ice crevice deep into the mountains of new zealand so please support uh that podcast which is the wilder wildertainment podcast that is currently available on spotify and soon to come on the apple podcast but please subscribe on uh spotify and subscribe on youtube under wildertainment podcast Uh, great stories working hard on that and uh yeah good feedback so far it's already growing pretty well yeah it's a good podcast as far as briefly, yeah i'll just go into it
0: uh we talked about you know gear on the podcast we talked about fins mass snorkel um we have a partnership with atac fitness basically what atac does is they have like gear packages for people who want to be like if you want to train to be a rescue swimmer they have a package like for rescue swimmers like we talked about on the podcast so fins mass snorkel um booty stuff like that. If you're training for it to be a PJ, they have like a PJ package. Um, if you're training to be a SEAL, they have like a SEAL package. I think I think the SEAL and register package are about the same because it's like pretty similar um fins. And I think they use the same fins as us well. Um yeah. So if you want to go check out their website, ATAC Fitness, um, link in the show notes. Um, use our promo code RSM at checkout if you end up buying anything and you'll get you'll get a 10% discount.
2: On that gear i just yeah that's romeo sierra mike rsm
0: yeah capital capitalized um and they sent me a mask the swimmer mask recently and i just swam with it recently um for the first time in the pool it's solid it's pretty much like the sea vision mask which is what like vince and i use when we are swimmers um so it's a good way just to like get your hands on some gear for a pretty good price
2: yep and uh lastly we still have our programs out you know it sounds like a lot of people are struggling with with the specific things um that we talk about in our programs and, and cover thoroughly so uh cody's one mile and a half program is on our site swimmermindset.com. that'll improve your your running basically under that distance specifically um we also have the win the day program and that's basically if you're if you're real lazy but not lazy and just want a a detailed rescue swimmer based workout whether you're just somebody that's listening on the podcast trying to get into shape uh or a navy seal or a rescue swimmer then this is a great program for you it uh details a basically a two-month program for beginners as well as a two-month program for advanced and uh that covers pool workouts underwater workouts and basically any kind of ground uh pt so that's Weightlifting and calisthenics. So check that out. Win the day uh, program, and uh, lastly, my program, the Hold Your Breath Like a Helicopter Rescue Swimmer. Still to date, the hardest thing in rescue swimmer school or anything like that is uh, usually the underwater portions. That's that's where that's where it gets real. So check out my program for that. That's a thorough thorough course with 11, uh, 11 video classes within it that detail everything you need to know to maximize your breath holding um and yeah that's that's basically how you can support the podcast you know i put a lot of time to editing this thing it, it's a lot of work people it's you know time costs money so if you want to donate the podcast and support us then you can go to our website uh the rescueswimmermindset.com not the just rescue um and donate you know five dollars goes a long way with uh supporting my however hours of editing each episode <laughs> takes i mean there's no editing as far as cur- cutting parts of the conversation but making the audio good and and any kind of issues we run into and and the video so yeah check us out rescue storm mindset if you want to donate that'd be uh, that'd be great so anything else mr cody
0: nope i think that's it pretty happy with the podcast good show today
2: it was a good potty good potty, good potty. today good potty I enjoyed it. That's what we're going to call podcast now. The potty. Join the potty. All right. Rescue swimmer mindset out.